We're doing a series called If You Feel Blessed Like I Do. The other day, I was just feeling blessed. Now, I know that I am. I, I don't think it takes much digging. It wouldn't take you much uh, data digging. I could do a little for you if you need it. You know, quotes that help you understand that you're a part of the wealthiest 2% on planet Earth, even if you're very, very, very poor in the eyes. If you hit the poverty standard in America, you're still uber wealthy on the planet today. And that's just today. Because you could have been born a thousand years ago. And by the way, we're just talking about material things. We haven't even got to what real blessings are. So it doesn't take much digging to go, I'm really blessed. But the problem is not that we don't have the data or that you couldn't find the data. The problem is sometimes we feel blessed and truthfully, sometimes we don't. And I want to talk about it because I want you to feel blessed. And I want you to feel blessed for reason. Because I think if you feel blessed, you're a better person. And I even have something for the atheists out there. Honest to God, pun intended. <laughs> this is for you too. Because if you, you don't have to say, it's God that blessed me. If you just feel lucky, which by the way, is one of the translations you could give to the word blessed in the New Testament. Favored, fortunate, lucky. So you could just say, there isn't a being behind my fortune. But still, if you applied this to your life, if you felt blessed, you're probably going to be a better person. And you could track the scientific data that would point to that, the multiple and countless studies that people have done. But if you feel better, if you feel favored, if you feel fortunate, then you are more likely to treat others good around you. And think about this. What if everybody on our planet, everybody, just, I know it's a wild fantasy, but just indulge me for a minute. If every human being on planet Earth woke up in the morning and felt blessed, would there be a lot of fighting going on? Would there? I mean, I, I think most of our grabbing and clutching and fighting, you know what James says, you have not, or you, 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 know, you don't have, and you want, and you covet, and you fight. James talks about this progression that happens in our life because we want something that we can't get, and so we fight for it. Um, Charlie wakes up in the morning now, her new thing is... She first thing she wants when you get her out of the crib is she wants her blanket. She calls it bah. That means the blanket. I want the blanket. So you get the blanket, and she has to clutch onto the blanket. And then she wants something else, a bunny perhaps, a little ball, a toy. But the problem is she has two hands, and they're both very little. <laughs> and she keeps wanting things. And the other day, she woke up, and she got the blanket, and then got the bunny, and then she wanted something else, and a book. She can't hold them, and she kept dropping them, and she was getting so mad at me. <laughs> and I'm like, they're your hands, you know. <clears throat> I'm putting you in proximity, you know. She was mad at me, and she was throwing a fit. I mean, she does this bucking thing routine and starts gyrating her. And I'm like, the day has just begun, you know. And she couldn't hold them all. And I think sometimes this is sort of what happens to us. 
we're really frustrated. You can only hold one thing at a time anyway. Do you know you can only have one experience at a time anyway? Wherever you are in life, you might as well enjoy whatever's in your hand right now. Let me just say this. You might as well go ahead and enjoy today. You might instead of talk about where you're not or where you could have been or where you were last Thursday, why don't you go ahead and enjoy today? You're, it's in your hand. And so what we've been talked into is trying to clutch more things, more stuff, and it's not worked out. So what I wanted to do for a couple of Sundays leading up to Christmas is I want you to believe that you're blessed. I'm not saying there won't be moments. Of course, we all have difficult days. We even have dark seasons in life where we wonder and we question, and those are very normal. (coughs) This isn't a denial of those realities, but fundamentally, gut level, do you believe that you're blessed? We have to recognize in our life that seasons come and go. We're celebrating a season. While we celebrate this season, it's an odd thing because around here, um, <clears throat> a lot of people get sad because it's dark so early. Does anybody just, how many times have you said this? <clears throat> the other day, someone was at the house, like, man, I got to get going. And we're like, well, it's 530. And they're like, oh, that's right. You know, I feel like it's nine. We've had these conversations. But we're adults. We should know by now that the seasons are changing. And we're coming to the point where it's going to be the, the longest period of darkness. <clears throat> and we're approaching that. Don't think it was an accident, by the way, that Christmas was placed on the 25th. I didn't, bust, I didn't burst your bubble. You know Jesus wasn't born on the 25th, right? Do you know that? Or did I? The other day, someone accused me of ruining the big guy with the suit for their kids. And I'm like, take them to Kids World, man. Could I have an adult conversation in here now and then? Okay, no. So, it was placed there. And it actually replaced a a Roman pagan holiday, if you know all your history that well. Because they had to get people off of something. You know, for instance, how do I get Charlie off of holding on to something? I gotta put something else in front of her. Right? The other day we were trying to get her to let go of something that I needed, the remote control. (coughs) (laughs) And the only way you do it is to put a shinier remote control in front of her. And that's literally what they did with Christmas. I'm not trying to burst anyone's bubble. You know, historians think it's probably born in the spring or whatever. But did I ruin anyone's holiday or what? Are you, you okay? All right. You don't mind a little truth woven in with the whole thing? Okay. Uh, just checking. But you have, to, you have to replace it. So people were addicted to this pagan holiday, and then the church says, well, we'll just switch it out. We'll give them a different one to hold on to. Anyway. That's a little history. But there are seasons. And so feeling blessed is not denying the darkness of a season in your life. I don't really think that's helpful. That's fake. Does that make sense? And I'm not asking you to be fake. 
You can go through a difficult time and you feel sad, you feel lonely, you feel all these things. And I actually think <coughs> that tends to happen in everybody's life for some season. And you learn from those times. You learn when it's dark. And if you've talked to anybody with any layer of depth, do you know what I mean? Like there are some people you can only talk to and all you'll ever talk about is football and the weather. Well, my case, whatever your case is, you know. But if you ever talk to people in depth about the real issues of life and they've ever been through much, they will tell you right away, it was in the darkness that I was changed. It was in the darkness that I learned. It was th these seasons, they have an effect on us. And as we're literally getting in a dark season here, it has an effect on us. And one of the things that we do is we put up lights. This is not accident. Because we have hope. Lights always symbolize what? Hope. So you see lights all over the place because we realize it's going to change. It's going to change. It's going to change. This is so vital to understanding how to feel blessed down here. You're not stuck in a season of life. Life does have seasons. There's no doubt about it. And if you can understand that, then you can live your life with a measure of hope and you understand that life has a rhythm to it, right? Now, intellectually, you know, if you, if you think about it, you think, man, but I would love right now to just be sitting on a beach where it's 80 degrees. You know, people, by the way, they watch online, they just torture me. They're just ruthless. Send me pictures like Orchard Grove, they got an iPad on a, on a patio overlooking the the ocean, palm trees. Why? Why do you do that to me? You know, why? I don't care, you know. And, and in our mind, we could think, well, if I could live there, if I could have that, and then I would say to you, well, would you want it all the time? Like, yeah, actually, yeah. And then it was like someone brought you a little drink with a little umbrella in it. Would you like, yeah, actually, that would be good too. No, wait. <clears throat> but then if I said to you, you're not allowed to leave. It's 85 degrees. You have to stay there. Well, could I run in? No. You wanted that. That's, it's permanent. You want it all the time, right? Like, well, are you with me? All of a sudden, something so constant in your life what you thought was going to be so spectacular ends up being what? A prison. In other words, we're sort of built for these rhythms. It is, it is the anticipation of better. It is the anticipation of more that, that, that builds in us, that helps us enjoy when it finally comes. If Now, your kids would uh, disagree with me. But if you had Christmas every single morning, every single morning, 365 days a year, they got up and there were presents, do you think it would mean the same? Day 364? No. What is this trap? What is this garb? You know, it would have, literally, it would have no meaning whatsoever. And this is important to understand. Because feeling blessed is understanding that life has these rhythms. And this seasons, they come 
and they go. And this isn't the end. And there's the death and there's a resurrection. There's a season of planting and there's a season of sun. There's a season of darkness and a season of light. And so we get used to these rhythms. But the other thing that I wanted to say about this is understanding blessed, to, to understand the feeling of being blessed, we have to avoid um, this disease of wanting. And, and I'll call it a disease. I don't know what you want to call it. But it's this idea that I'm, you're always in a perpetual state of want. Now, let's all be very honest with each other right now. Who here um, could say, I could think of something I could want right now? All right now, not, not, you're way past, could I get you a, you know, something, some widget for Christmas? You know what I mean? When someone asks you, and you're 50 years old, what do you want for Christmas? You're like, a Ferrari? I mean, you know, I don't know. Like, I, I don't really need any more plaid shirts, you know. Um, uh, so, you, you want something. And this is, this is what we've sort of thought. It's classic materialism. But it's deeper than just like you want money all the time or things. It's deeper than that. And this, this has to sort of fall apart or fall away from us. Where we have this feeling like if I could just have more stuff or if I could get a hold of this, then I would be blessed. And blessings, that's not really what blessings are, we learn. Um, I want to read a couple of scriptures. <clears throat> and the first one is from Matthew. And this is Jesus saying in the, in the Sermon on the Mount, blessed are you. Now this is how the whole sermon starts out or the, the talk. Um, um, it says, um, blessed are the poor. Oh, what a terrible translation. Can you put that one down? That's a horrible translation. Oh, that's a god-awful translation. Put it back up there so I can make fun of it for a minute. Honestly, put it up there. No, if this is in your Bible, you should tear it out. God blesses those who are poor and realize their need for him, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. This is that's completely a terrible. It's not a translation. It's some guy who wants you to think that's what the verse is about. But here's the, I'll quote it for you. It's not written in English, just so you know. Um, Blessed are the poor in spirit. Who's ever heard this before? And then it goes on to say, Blessed are all right, those that mourn. So poor in spirit, blessed are those that mourn. And blessed are the meek. And it goes on and on and on, and then it concludes with, blessed are you when people insult you. Who's feeling blessed? When so Honest to God, who's feeling blessed when someone insults you? That's probably the last time on planet Earth that you feel blessed. Who here can say, if someone insults me, I really, I really feel terrible? Nobody? My God, it's me. I feel terrible, and why? Why, should, why do we care? But anyway, these statements that Jesus makes, <clears throat> I think, are for a reason. One of them has to be, he wants the disciples, those listening, those gathered at that mountaintop, <clears throat> hilltop, really, to feel blessed. Because you go through all of these statements, they aren't 
statements of people that are well off materially, they're poor in spirit, they're mourning, they're insulted, they're persecuted, right? They're all of these things that you would think, I don't think that's the blessed life. You know, let me ask you this way. <clears throat> if I said, what's the blessed life? Would you start off with the insulted? <clears throat> the persecuted? The poor? If you go to Luke's gospel, it just says poor, not poor in spirit. No, you wouldn't put any of those things. So why, 2,000 years later, Christianity says blessed, you know, Wealthy, happy, all the kids are nice. Da da da. Wonderful Facebook followers. <clears throat> Why did we change the definition or the understanding? See what I'm saying? I have to believe that it didn't feel good 2,000 years ago to be insulted or to be poor or to be persecuted or anything like that. But I think what Jesus was doing was he was wanting people who didn't feel blessed in the culture that they lived in to feel blessed, to know down here they were. And then he goes on to talk about the kingdom of heaven and different reasons for them to feel blessed. Very different from the reasons that we've been given in our modern culture, based primarily on materialism. Don't think of materialism as the shallow statement of people that are just way into money, but that, that the absence of God, that life is all about material things that can't be explained in any other terms than material. It has to be more. And so Jesus says, blessed are all these people, I think because he wanted them to feel blessed. Back the story up to the story of Abraham. In Genesis 12, um, many, by the way, f for what it's worth, many, uh, many scholars, perhaps the ones that I respect the most, talk about this being the turning point in the Bible. Um, Genesis 12. So there's all the stories of, of the creation, the story of the flood, and then, um, and then in Genesis 12 is the call of Abram became Abraham. And the Lord said to Abram, leave your native country, your father's relatives, your family, and go to the land that I will show you. All right? And he says, the next verse he says, and I will make you into a great nation. I will, here's the word, bless you, make you famous, and you will be a blessing to others, or make your name great and you will be a blessing to others. Now, that's where we're going to go. That's what we're going to talk about, being a blessing to others. Because I'll, I'll give you the punchline early in the series. I want you to feel blessed so that, what? We can get it through you. Some of you are clogging up the system. Huh? You just are, man. Who hates a traffic jam? Huh? You're sitting right in the middle of it. Honest to God, the other day, I mean, I was nice. I didn't say anything. I wanted to. Somebody was just driving like four miles an hour. And there's, people were slamming on their lights. Like, no shame. Just.
let's get her moving, all right? God blesses you so that he can bless what? Through you. So this is, this is the basis here. But I, I don't want to talk about that yet because I want you to feel blessed. Because if I just tell you, you give to this thing or you do this thing or you start being nice to your neighbors or whatever it is, I'm trying to force something through you that you aren't feeling. And I want to back up the bus a little bit. I want you to feel blessed. Are you with me? By the way, if you feel, we're done. We're done talking. I don't have to say anything to you. God, you're good. So that's where we're going. But it's, it's there for a reason. We're going to talk about Abraham and God blessing him to bless the whole earth through him. I'm going to bless you, but I'm going to bless the world through you. And that's the whole rhythm. That's the whole story, right? That's the whole story. God blesses you so you can bless others. And when you feel blessed, you, you give. You, it, it's, it's, you just, it's just everything. It flows all the way through you. If you. Jesus said, freely you have received, freely you give. And whatever you feel God's given you, you're ready to give away because you realize it was given to me anyway. Now we live in a... Um, it's, a, it's, a, it's just a strange understanding because you say, but boy, you know, I remember going to school and working my butt off and doing tests and getting good grades and doing all these things to get myself to that job where I got all this stuff, right? And then you, that's so true. And that's one way to look at it. And, and, that, yeah, and that's absolutely true. And you should pat yourself on the back for that. Honestly, you should. Way to go. And then there's another way to look at it. Like you were born with a deformed brain. Oh I, I, oh, I guess I took that for granted. Or that you were born, or you, had, you got to live in a country that allows these sorts of things to happen. Or you were born at a time in human history where this is even a remote possibility. And then you start to think of the other way, and you go, whoa, 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 I'm blessed. Can anybody here say I'm blessed? You just, I mean, I, there's just two ways to look at it. And so Abraham gets this call. Now, if I can, just do a little two minutes of Scripture teaching. What's the story right before this? Uh, I know I needed to teach. The Tower of Babel, right? The Tower of Babel. Why is this following the story of the Tower of Babel? You may know the story of the Tower of Babel. Let's make this thing and it'll go up to the heavens and we'll make a great name for ourselves. Wait, doesn't he just talk about that in the next? So it's the wrong way of going about life, if I could just say it this. Can I just say it this way for a minute? The wrong way of going about life is sort of building it all for yourself. We'll make this great tower. We'll reach up to heaven. And, they, and then, of course, you know, the story goes, God comes down, confuses the languages so they can't cooperate with each other, and the whole thing, you know, falls apart. By the way, has anyone ever had something fall apart in your life? Ready? Does anyone now look back and go, I'm kind of glad that fell apart? Isn't that something? Isn't that something? You weren't at the time because you were building it. 
There's no way you want it to fall apart because you were building it. Why would you want it to fall apart if you were building it? But when it fell apart, then something new could start. And so this story follows, Abraham follows after this. This needs to fall apart. Someone said, maybe if this little, little picture will help you. They said, just think of it like, uh, think of it like fertilizer for your lawn. It's really good if you spread it out. Not so good if you pile it up. If you pile it up, it just burns a hole in you, right? So you were meant, this is, this is the picture, not to be this tower of you, but to, for this blessing to go through you, right? You're like the spreader. God just dumps it in you, you spin around and throw it everywhere. You're the spreader. Um, if you don't feel blessed, you shut the thing off. Anybody have, you know the little thing that closes the little orange clip at the bottom? Whose clip is orange at the bottom? So I know who I'm relating to. <laughs> yes, the little orange thing goes shut when you let go of the handle. I know some of you pay people to do it, so you're not relating to me today. Um, I can give you a lesson afterwards. And... Uh, or better yet, how I lived my life for so many years. Who cares? Why would I want to fertilize it? Then I just have to mow it more, right? But some of you have closed the clip off. And so now it's just piling up. God's love, God's mercy, God's forgiveness, God's goodness, God's goodness, God's goodness. Now it's just spilling over. There it sits in your lawn, just all burnt pile. You might shut it off for a number of reasons. You feel like maybe God's going to run out. Honestly, a lot of you have bought in somewhere along the line to what, we, what, I, what I call a scarcity mentality or model, and that actually is how you view the whole universe. Because if I gave you a quiz, you'd say, well, no, God can do anything, and God has unlimited resources. But you really don't think that. You think, no, oh, I can't because I'm not going to get this back. If I do this, if I forgive this person, if I, then it's going to stop. No, it just, there's, it's endless. God's supply is endless. And that's a different way of thinking about your life. It's a different way of thinking about the whole universe. You stop being... You know why it says we're saved by grace? Like the whole thing's based, I, I gotta move on. It's, but it's all based on grace, that's all. It's all grace. It's not merit, it's not counting. Well, I mean, God only forgave me this many times, and I don't know about this guy. It's just, you, you find yourself flooded. Can I say it this way? You find yourself deluged in grace, and you realize that's what it's all about. The last thing. Um, you can't feel blessed if you start with a foundation that's negative. And I want to just teach for a minute. So there's the materialist thing where if you're materialism and you, you, you buy into that system, you're never going to be happy because you're always going to be trying to grab more. And that's just, that's just a failed system. But this might have to do with our spiritual foundation. Many of you grew up and were taught now, I didn't grow up in church, but once I started, this is also what I was taught. The idea of original sin. You were born 
as a sinner. I remember, you know, Charlie's birthday is coming up Thursday, so, you know, I remember it was about a little over, a little less than a year ago when I was telling the congregation, there's no way, there's no, I, there's no way. You could tell me every theological book in America that says this is the truth. There's no way I would ever tell her that. Come here, you little sinner. <laughs> now think about that. Why in the world do we believe that stuff? Because you would never, I pray to God you would never. But if you believe that, it's right, it's fair. Well, she needs to know. Isn't that something that there's something incongruous there? So you can keep believing that, and if it helps you, good. Honestly, if it helps you, that's fine. A guy named Augustine came up with that phrase. I think it's a terrible phrase, and I think it's a terrible concept. Um, I think you should believe you start with good. You're originally blessed. You're originally favored. You're originally fortunate. You're originally God's creation. What a better place to start. Then you're not always fighting uphill. Honest to God, most people that I meet, when they find out I'm a pastor, they, it's, uh, the gyrations they go through to explain themselves. <laughs> Why? Because they feel like, oh, he's looking down on me, and I'm not good, and I haven't, and they start doing all this explaining, because everything's an uphill climb, because you're told from day one, you're a sinner, you're a sinner, you're a sinner. Where did we get these ideas? Um, the other day I was putting together a puzzle, I think I have a picture here for you, and um, I was on vacation at my mom's, and so, you know, the only time in life you have time to do a puzzle is when you're on vacation at mom. That's the puzzle. <laughs> well, my mom started it, and uh, she goes, honey, um, I, uh, I couldn't, there's some, pe- I think there's some pieces missing. And, uh, and so I, I sat down to, to work on it, and, and I realized that along the bottom there, um, there were some pieces that were, were you, know what I mean? f- you know what I mean by forced together? <laughs> um, so, well, don't laugh. I haven't got to the funny part yet. Cause like, <laughs> but, but, but they looked like they went together. Has anyone ever done this puzzle that's messed you up? And so it was down at the bottom, and do, do you start with the borders as well? Like, okay, so you start with the border, and, and then you start to work your way. And, but she spent like all day, and she was, like, oh, she was so frustrated. So when I sat down, I had, of course I had fresh eyes, so it was an advantage. And I started looking, and I'm like, oh, look, there were, there were two. that Boy, they, they, could, they could go there, but they didn't exactly fit, and they had been forced. And now, listen. She assumed that that was correct. Stay with me. And because she assumed that that was correct, the rest of her frustration was built on a faulty foundation. Do you know the church and the people who have left the church in mass have left in mass because of a wrong assumption, a wrong foundation, which is that we are all a bunch of sinners. Now, I'll give you a free, how many times have I done this at Orchard Grove? Who here screwed up? I'll give you a free, I got both of them up. Okay, duh. One, two, three, no duh. I'm not trying to be a better, uh, I'm not trying to improve my sinning capacity by saying this. 
I make all kinds of mistakes. I sin. I get angry. I say things I shouldn't say. Do you need me to go on and hold confession to you guys or what? That's no duh. But if I start with the foundation that I'm a sinner, then the rest of my life I feel a certain way about myself and I'm always trying to overcome that. You can't believe that anymore. You, I mean, you can if you want to, I guess. Go ahead. But why? It, you say, well, I, I, I know a pastor gave me a Bible verse. No. Okay, don't swear, Chris. Um, <laughs> no, I'm no kidding, he did. I, I'll give him five more. How many times have I said this? Do you want to play Bible bingo? It's a game I know well. Well, uh, doesn't it say in Psalms, I was conceived in sin? No kidding. Some guy who was depressed writing a song. Have you guys even read the Bible? You guys who quote it to me all the time? Some guy who's depressed wrote a song. That's what a psalm is. And they express emotions and feelings. You ever tried quoting back to some singer? Well, you said this in stanza four of your... It's, a, it's emotion. It's a song. He's depressed. You've said that kind of... I was born in sin. I'm such an idiot. No one's ever talked like this to yourself? Man, I'm an idiot. Okay, you don't mean that, hopefully. You just mean, what a dumb mistake. Okay? So, but this is, this is important. Because the foundation is, is, is who you are fundamentally. And if you believe, and I'm so heartbroken that no one's catching on to this, but if you believe that fundamentally, that I'm, I am a sinner fundamentally, then honestly, it's all, everything you're doing is just trying to climb out of that negative state. But what if you believed the opposite? Hmm? What if you believe this, like Genesis 1? In the image of God, he made the male and female. In the image of God. Now you, whatever theology you want to believe, when I pick Charlie out of the crib, I mean, trust me, temper tantrums, bucking and all, all I ever see is the image of God. That's all I see. What do you see? Does she need to be corrected? And need to, Yeah, I guess. I mean, sure. I mean, absolutely. If you need the word absolutely. Christopher Columbus thought Japan was 4,000 miles west of Spain. Turns out it's 12,500. But you know what Christopher Columbus believed? He believed in what they called the complete maps. They had complete maps that missed two continents on our planet. But he had the complete ones. How many Christians have I met that have the complete understanding? I know you're going to come see me after service. I, but I have the complete... I, I think it was 15, uh, uh, I'm going to get the date wrong, but a, a new map maker, maker came out and he did a map and it has the Atlantic Ocean and then has the coastline of what we now call America 
and then it just has this thin sliver, and then it just fades. It says it's unknown. It's the incomplete map. Some of you grow up on complete religion. It's airtight. We got it. Don't ask any questions, please. Right? You're a sinner, and you need us. Can I summarize most of Christianity? You're a sinner, and you need us to get there. You're good. You're made in the image of God. All you do is just tap into that. Dial into that. Now, they have incomplete maps. Who wants an incomplete map? But you know what? They didn't end up naming it United States of Columbia, America. You know why? This little Italian dude who had the courage to say, I think we got it wrong. Isn't it kind of ironic that it was the guy that said, I think we've got it all wrong? Maybe a poetic justice? Friends, look. Whether you're a materialist, hardcore on this side of life, and you just think, I don't care about God, I just care about me, me and my stuff, and that, that's not blessed. And that's not a recipe for feeling blessed. But you go way over in this hyper-religious side too. Everybody's a sinner and you're a sinner and it's all about sin, 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 sin. And, and, and by the way, just, just can, I, can I just say this by the way? By the way, this is woven in this doctrine, this understanding is woven into all kinds of church history and I can't even undo it all. Or you won't be singing any songs. Honestly, they're woven into some of the Christmas hymns that you love. You can still sing them, right? But you have to understand, this is the understanding. And so it's baked into everything. And so people walk around and it affects your psyche, your psychology. It does. You don't think you're good enough. And so people walk around and Christians are like, no one's ever good enough. No one's ever doing enough. No one's ever, and because we're all a bunch of what? Sinners. I mean, our favorite song, even, even do this like at a big big events in America, you know, like a big Super Bowl or like a, some kind of a, you know, Amazing Graces song, you know. And it's like, he saved a wretch like me. Is that good if you walk around thinking you're a wretch? Honestly, do I want Charlie thinking, walk the day of school or first day, I'm just a wretch. That's not good. Now, the guy who wrote it owned a slave ship, profited off of selling slaves. I mean, did he feel pretty wretched about himself? Sure. So as long as you got that into context, sing away. I'm ruining everything today. I ruined Christmas. I ruined Amazing Grace. I better quit. All right, I'm done. I'm done. All right. I'm trying to help you to feel, look, amazing. Amazing. And what if he taught that to our kids? What if we quoted the heck out of Genesis 1? Made in the image of God. Male and female. He created them in his image. And then he, look at verse 28, he says, and then he blessed them. He blessed them. You're blessed. Hmm? What if 
that was the image. Wow. Handcrafted by God. Anointed. Right? Boom. Tina. Ray. Huh? Look at that. Blessed. 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 You're not blessed because you're not... Everything's always rosy in your life. We're going to learn about Abraham. I mean, it starts off, Sarah's barren. Everything is going against him. But he's learning what God's blessing is. So if you're in a dark time, turn on a light. You'll get through it. The seasons will come and they will go. And you'll be stronger. It's a part of the rhythm of life. It just is. I would be lying if I told you other. But every day, my prayer is that you wake up and you say, man, am I blessed. Everything's not perfect, but I'm blessed.